sharks come from a different cloth y'all would get ripped apart you want a diamond then you gotta get it in the dark we dropping nuggets like carmelo with the rock apart now we eating from state to state we scrape the plate i put my eggs in the basket took a leap of faith i took a chance now we grow and see the impact decoding successful special guests now let's bring match Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 205 here on the Decoding Success Podcast. And as always, you're rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. Now, I'm going to throw this question out there to kick off this episode. And the question is, what is ego blocking and or controlling in your life? And I'll actually repeat that for you. What is your ego blocking and or controlling in your life? Now, I'm kicking the show off with that question because for me personally, my ego was in the driver's seat for years upon years of my life without me knowing it. And what that was doing was actually causing me to lack true, deep, authentic connection with individuals in my life because I was scared to show them that I wasn't somebody that they might have thought I was. And that is for many different reasons, and we're going to go into that. But even outside of that, ego can control and dictate and really shape us in ways that probably isn't our true essence or who we are at our true essence, I should say. And I'm saying all of this because today we're actually doing something different here on the show. We're going to be repurposing a podcast that I had the honor and privilege of being on. My friend Jeremy Stalnecker from March or Die Podcast hosted me about a month or so ago. And we're going to repurpose that here for you today because the questions Jeremy asked were absolutely phenomenal. And I want you to think about those questions. I sat back as Jeremy asked them to me, and I took a couple seconds each time, and I realized that ego was coming up. The masks that I was wearing due to society, due to my upbringing, due to culture was coming up. And I really feel like this episode right here is impactful. So I want you to truly ponder on these questions. And I really appreciate Jeremy allowing us to repurpose this. Now, I'm going to ask something of you at the end of this show, so I'm just throwing it out there. But before doing that, I really want you to enjoy this. I really want you to deep dive into your life and ask yourself these questions. And now without further ado, we're bringing you into the March or Die podcast here on Decoding Success. Matt Labrie, thank you for joining me, man. Really, really appreciate it. Well, Jeremy, first and foremost, thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. I'm very grateful for this and looking forward to it. Well, you have a, an incredible podcast and a great platform. You've talked to some amazing people. So uh, really looking forward to some insights today. Um, but let's begin with you. Tell us your story, where you're from and how you ended up getting to the place where you decided we're going to start this podcast and, and go after this, uh, this brand. I appreciate that, man. You know, uh, that, that's, that, I could go really deep there. So I'll sum it up. <laughs> I am just a kid born and raised in Queens, New York. Yeah. Um, you know, just someone that was given the hustler spirit that I think every New Yorker is gifted, uh, especially those in the five boroughs. Uh, a lot of turbulence in my life. I don't want it to sound like I started a podcast and, you know, things were beautiful, like a lot of freaking turbulence, man, whether that was parents getting divorced at a super young age, watching my mother battle cancer, numerous cancer scares on top of that. I didn't even get accepted into any private high schools here in, in the five boroughs of New York. Uh, luckily, I had the gift of some athletic abilities that were able to get me through the door after my horrendous grades and academic abilities at that point in my life. 
just didn't allow me anything. Uh, on top of that, I got kicked out of two high schools. I failed out of college. Uh, I blew about 80K in two years of uh, life savings in my early okay. 20s. So the list really goes on. But I, the reason I say all of that is because those events actually brought me to where I am today. You know, I had the opportunity of working with Damon John of Shark Tank right out of college, uh, left that job because of ego. And that's honestly what landed me upon the podcast. I had people urging me and telling me, dude, you need a podcast. You need a podcast. Honestly, I just told them to shut up. Uh, I don't know if there's any expletives <laughs> here on this show, but I would have put another word in there uh, because, you know, I didn't want one. And then after doing it, I was like, you know what? This is an incredible thing. It's an incredible gift. Uh, the first episode to the last episode is probably a world of a difference, but we're here, we're rocking and uh, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I, I think uh, a personal story of struggle is so important when you're trying to, you know, you, you talk about decoding success. That's, that's kind of your brand and your moniker. It's impossible to decode success to understand what it takes to get there. If you haven't struggled yourself and, I mean, you see successful people all of the time and they tell a similar story. I struggled all the way through grade school and then into junior high and high school. My parents had problems, their health issues, whatever. Um, you know, this show is called March or Die for a reason. There's a story attached to that. But I think we come to a point in our lives where we have to go, I'm either going to stay here and die. I can choose to do that if I want to, or I can decide to march. I can put one foot in front of the other and keep going. But if we don't have that personal story that drives us, there's really no motivation to do that. I agree, man. I think that and that's the beautiful thing, right? Like everyone that I've spoke to on the podcast or just general conversations like this or in person at events, whatever the case is, like everyone's own events are so unique. And it actually goes back to a very famous quote by a doctor. Uh, and I'll mention his name in a second, but he said, there's no one in the world that's youer than you. His name is Dr. Seuss. Uh, <laughs> brilliant, man. Yeah, brilliant. And when he said that, I was like, you know what? Everyone's experiences are so different, but yet we're all so alike in ways. And it, it, it's really incredible to see how people, you know, overcome the adversities that they personally face. It seems like New Yorkers have a little more uh, grit to them as well. I, I have a little known secret about myself. I am a New Yorker. I, I tell people that. Um, upstate New York, really far, a little town, not the city, but uh, I claim to be a New Yorker. So um, uh, maybe there's a kinship. I don't know. Probably not. I went to the city a couple years ago and I'm like, this is nothing like where, <laughs> where I grew up, but New York's New York. Yeah, man. I think uh, there's a certain thing about New York. You know, it's an energy. Uh, and oftentimes it's actually a good thing to escape it as well, because it could really consume you. And I think there's a, a certain point where we all need to just take a sip, you know, step back and appreciate what life is and slow down a little bit because you can definitely get consumed by it. And I've been victim to that many times yeah. over where life has just gone so quick. And I'm like, wait, holy shit, I'm 28 now, mm. you know? Um, ultimately though, the, there are, and I, listen, I don't want to sound like an arrogant New Yorker, you know, that there's gifts from every place in this world, you know, that people are born into yeah. uh, and it's just finding the beauty in it and capitalizing on what you've been gifted. That's awesome. You have a, a great podcast, nearly 200 episodes. You're, you're closing in on 200, right? I think you're very close. Yeah. September 1st, 2021, 200 episodes, man. It's been man, It's coming. You've had some incredible guests too. And uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm sure over those 200, you had some great guests and some, you know, fine, <laughs> fine guests, probably some favorites stick out to you. What are some of, uh, or who are some of you know your favorites? You think back and like, that was an incredible conversation. So who are they and what made those conversations or those interviews special? 
Well, I'll start with one that's probably not so known. Um, and that was actually with my 90 year old grandfather. Oh, wow. Incredible. Uh, he is a Korean war veteran. He, uh, he also was, uh, I don't want to misquote him. It's pretty shitty that I don't remember exactly his title, but he worked with the housing department here in New York, uh, before they merged with the NYPD. So he has, you know, many years of service under his belt and, I don't think I would have ever asked him the questions that I was able to ask him on that show or on that particular episode, if it wasn't me inviting him on. And ultimately the reason I did it was because it's, you know, listen, he's 90. I don't know how much he's going to be here. You know, I, I literally see his physical state deteriorating like day by day, you know, granted he could walk, he could talk, he'd do his thing, but he's getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And I'm like, shit, you know, I don't know how much longer he's going to be here. So that was more of like a sentimental value. Um, but I'll give you another one. Again, maybe not the most well-known name in the world, but someone that drastically helped me personally change my life for the better. Um, during the summer of 2020, I was facing extreme turbulence yet again, just felt like after uh, an intimate relationship with the woman I was dating just was like falling apart. And I realized that I was letting myself get abused by this woman. I started doing some deep inner work on myself that a lot of men in particular don't typically do. And I put myself in therapy, but I'm someone, you know, maybe it's the New Yorker in me that just doesn't settle for, um, you know, if you tell me I'm going to see results in three months, I want them in three weeks or three days. So on top of putting myself in therapy, I also hired a coach. Uh, Her name's Carla Royal. She was freaking incredible. Uh, I, I still you know, very good friend of hers, still in contact with her, stopped working with her because I finally got back up on my feet. And, you know, she really helped me get shit aligned in my life. But that episode in particular, I'll I'll give you a little tidbit. Uh, Again, maybe not the most uh, sexy thing for men to talk about these days, but I think it's important. She helped me realize that I was always externally seeking love or validation or whatever. And she was like, Matt, did you ever have a stuffed animal as a kid or a toy as a kid that you loved? And of course I did. I actually had a stone cold Steve Austin miniature wrestler. Uh, He was bigger than the regular action figure. He was, you know, not the size of me, but he was pretty big. Sure. I loved it. I freaking loved it. Uh, I had the undertaker, a whole bunch of them. And she was like, that toy didn't have love to give you. You had love to give it. So basically she was saying, and she used the teddy bear as an example that, you know, love comes from within. And that was a really powerful episode. Something that, uh, you know, even just the work with her drastically transformed my life. So I know that might not have been the answer that could have came about there because there was a lot of notable names on the show and is a lot of notable names on the show. But those two really, you know, stood out to me. When you uh, talk about coaching and, you know, as a guy, it, it is hard to get help and we want results right away. And often uh, men in particular, I think women are better at this than men are, but men in particular will just say, I'm OK, it's fine until they hit a crisis and then it's just a mess and maybe they have someone that can pick them up. But if they had invited some people into their lives earlier, uh, they may not have ended up there or they could have worked through that. Um, And and I I view podcasting, what we do as coaching in a sense. I mean, it's not one-on-one per se, but uh, you can drop into a podcast. You can learn a lot. I learned so much just from listening to other people talk. Um, What's the value in learning from other people through your own experience? And as you've prepared interviews and asked questions. Uh, There's an audience that's listening. So in your mind, what is the value of learning from other people, whether it's your 90 year old grandfather or a life coach or someone else? I'll sum it up in three letters. Uh, OPM. Now the OPM can stand for many different things. It can stand for other people's money, other people's manpower. How about other people's mistakes? Mm. 
you know, um, and it's not even just their mistakes. It's also their wins, you know, talking with people for 200 plus episodes, you know, working with Damon John of Shark Tank and being mentored by him one on one directly uh, and many other people. I have so many mentors in my life and I'm grateful for all of them, just like learning from what they might have done right or wrong in situations and finding ways to apply that to my particular life or whoever's life, right? Uh, maybe maybe I learned something from you today, Jeremy, and I'm like, you know what? That doesn't necessarily apply to me, but I meet someone tomorrow and it applies. Right. That's that's a win too, you know, being able to help someone else. So I sum it up in OPM, other people's mistakes, other people's wins as well. So maybe OPW, however you want to frame it, yeah. but yeah. Um, being able to avoid that save yourself time and move forward. It's a beautiful thing. So what's the resistance to taking advantage of other people's mistakes? Why don't we ask more questions? Why don't we learn from people? Uh, ego. Yeah. So, um, that's the first thing that came to my mind because that's what I, I could never make it look like I was quote unquote less than someone. But at the end of the day, who gives a shit? You know, right, like right, right, it, it, that doesn't matter whether someone has more money than you, less money than you, whether they're internally broke or internal, internally rich, right? Uh, for me personally, I was scared to ask questions. I was scared to show weakness because I just didn't want to look like someone that I, I actually was, right? Like I, I was probably not in a good place and I probably should have been asking questions or maybe I should have been asking other questions as opposed to the ones I was asking. Uh, simply, man, it comes down to ego in my opinion. All right, let me ask you a question because this one's been rolling around in my head and you seem like the right guy to ask. Let's do it. Okay, I believe in pushing through adversity, pushing through difficulty. Uh, I believe there are things that we have to face. And as, as human beings, there are some things we have to internalize. We just have to go, well, this is life. This is what it's like. And so I can either move forward or not. We are living at a moment in time where the ideas of self-care, um, you know, mental health, therapy and all those things are being elevated to, a, I think, a place that has caused some confusion. Because now we look at, you know, we have recent examples, and I won't, you know, call out people, but we have recent examples, even in the Olympics of um, very high level athletes saying, well, it's more important for me to take time for myself than it is to push through the adversity. That's not a judgment. It's just this is what's happened. How do we balance, and again, this is something I've been going through in my mind, how do, I, how do we balance acknowledging the need for mental health care, for therapy, for time out, for time away? How do we balance that with, there are some times in life you just have to dig down and, and push hard. There has to be a balance, there has to be a tension, but I feel like the conversation is swinging more toward, there's never a time to push through. You need to be transparent. You need to be honest. You need to always care about yourself, which to me seems extremely self-centered. Although I realize there is a need to do both. How do we, how do we evaluate that or judge that? Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, uh, maybe I haven't necessarily found the direct answer to it, but I'm going to give you what I got right now. Uh, firstly, I think everyone's way of handling situations as such will differ. And that's okay, right? We're, we're all unique individuals. Um, it's going to differ and that's okay. For me personally, I will push through, uh, you know, turbulence or adversity as long as it's not going to affect my life in a way that would drastically change it. Meaning, am I going to die from pushing through this, Jeremy? Right. You know, if I'm going to die, I don't have the you know, the opportunity to live to tomorrow, that to me isn't a smart decision. 
But if I'm experiencing something, a breakup, a business fuck up, something, and it's really getting to me, I'm like, you know what? All right, head down. Let's go for it. It's not going to impact my family. It's not going to impact myself on a certain level. Then I'll push through. I think there's definitely ways to process things on a healthy level. And I think that's the issue. I think men in particular as well don't know how to do that. Like we'll, we'll shorten our breath and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're choked up up here and we're just holding it here. And then we feel tension. We feel stress. Our hearts hurt this, that, right. The, the heart attack rate in men is insane. The suicide rate in in men is insane. There's so many factors. And I think that finding ways to health uh, process things in a healthy way is important. Um, But for me, ultimately it comes down to making sure that it's not jeopardizing myself, my business, my family, et cetera, in, in a certain type of way for me to push through. Yeah, that's good. I guess self-awareness is, is really what it boils down to is, is understanding, is this just something I want to do? Uh, I spend a lot of time running and there has not ever been a run in my life. I'm 45 years old where there wasn't a point or many points along the way where I just wanted to quit or just walk <laughs> or whatever. Right. But there's a difference between going, uh, I really feel like I want to slow down or stop or walk. And I have to, because I'm now injuring myself. And I, I guess that's what you're saying is you have to understand, is, is this, it's just gotten hard and I need to keep going or I will do actual damage to myself if I don't stop and reach out and get some help. Exactly. I resonate with that as well. Like I, I push myself to do uh, races here. And when I say races, I'm nowhere near the, f- the front of that pack. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I race too. I, I enter these races. I put quotes on that. Like there's four people here who are actually trying to win. The other thousand of us are just trying to get to the finish line. Right, exactly. You know, and if you're running and like you feel your calf tightening up and you're like, shit, you know, maybe I didn't drink enough water, you know, like, are you going to push through? And this is what I ask myself because I experienced that, especially the calves. You know, am I going to push through and potentially jeopardize myself from running the rest of this year versus just maybe going into a brisk jog or a really fast paced walk? You know, I, I think, like you said, self-awareness, like, and also here, here comes the word again, but ego, right? Like, are we right. pushing through, like, who are we trying to prove something to? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to prove it? And listen, having a competitive nature is definitely a good thing, yeah. right? I think it's most definitely a good thing, but having a competitive nature to the point where you're trying to prove something from an external perspective, like you just need to be able to prove it to yourself, right? Like you don't need to make anyone else proud. It's a good thing to receive that external validation from time to time. But like you're running this race, what you want to beat the person next to you, or do you want to be able to run again tomorrow? Right. right. You know? Yeah, that's good. Um, When I talk about pushing through and, you know, overcoming and marching instead of dying and all these, these phrases we use, um, I, I love to boil things down to actionable principles because I think principles can guide us. It's not specific to a situation or to an individual. They're principles. As you've talked to you know, hundreds of uh, high-achieving individuals in business or whatever the arena, uh, I know you recently had Dean Karnazes on. Uh, I interviewed him as well. Um, I, I, love, I love reading what he's written and following him, just an amazing human being. Um, as you've interviewed these folks and talked to them, are there some principles that you have extracted uh, that are kind of common across the board that anyone could apply to their lives and achieve more, push harder, uh, push through pain and difficulty. What are some of those common principles? Yeah, I think, well, let's talk about Dean real quick since you had him on as well. Uh, Dean had a very unique principle um, that I'll share that 
you know, it, it kind of is the same as, you know, he just phrased it in a different way. You know, he says, Matt, I, I have a pit bull inside of me. You know, I don't know if you guys talked about that when you had him on, but um, he was like, listen, you know, I, I, I just don't stop because I asked him I'm like, dude, like, why are you still running? Like, where haven't you ran? <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> where haven't you ran? Like, why like you right now he's in Australia running a thousand mile race right now as we're speaking. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, like he, he's doing so much. He's like, I have a pit bull inside of me. I think ultimately what the general premise of the 200 plus episodes that I've recorded um, people that push through adversity have said, I'm just trying to compete with who I was yesterday. Hmm. You no. Know, and I, I, they haven't said it like that, but ultimately it has come down to them saying it in a different way. And I think being able to get yourself to a point where you're not competing with anyone, but who you were yesterday. And listen, you might have setbacks on that road. You might not be able to compete with who you were yesterday. You might be competing with who you were two months ago. I think that's a part of it. And understanding that life is not linear. It's not just that straight path. It's continuously up and down. It's, it's a roller coaster. You have to be able to embrace that. I think that has been the biggest takeaway and the number one principle when people were facing adversity. It's like, okay, cool. My business fucked up or I was writing this New York Times bestselling book, but I couldn't write for three months. I had writer's block or I was running and um, Dean, Dean as well. You know what happened? He, he ran in the, the desert and he fainted. Yeah, that was yeah. part of his story. And what did he do? He came back, however, you know, further in the future and he, yeah, he yeah. ran it again. He didn't compete with anyone but himself. You know, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Uh, a lot of that is is that kind of growth mindset. I think uh, that's become a popular phrase. Carol Dweck wrote a great book on growth mindset. I don't know if you've read that, but um, where she talks about focused uh, attention, focused work and what it takes to grow. But it's exactly that. It's saying, okay, this is who I was, but I need to grow and I need to be better than that. And it's all about, uh, I, I don't like self-improvement because I think it's kind of been cheapened that idea of self-improvement, but, but it's really, it's growth. I'm going to be, I'm going to continue to grow. Uh, Dean, you know, again, we keep talking about Dean, but he says the, my finish line is a pine box or something like that. He uses a phrase like that, something I'll stop moving when I'm dead. And that's the mindset that keeps us moving forward. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I agree, man. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And I think each of us need to find that for ourselves, you know um, you know, may, maybe it's not what Dean says and being a pine box, maybe sure. it's different for, for each and every one of us, but as long as we find it, that's the goal, you know? Yeah. And principally, again, because it's a principle, it's I, I want to compete against myself and I want to be better than I was yesterday. And and uh, man, it's so freeing to say I'm not running their race. I'm not following them or comparing myself to them. Uh, I just want to be the person I was placed on this earth to be the person I was created to be. I'm going to be that person and uh, and grow through that. Yeah, I think we're already that person, right? Like, I think we already have everything inside of us. I'm actually getting the chills saying that because I, I, I didn't realize it until this mm -hmm. year you know, or till last year where it's like, all right, we're, we're destined to be a certain type of person, but we already have that. I think one thing that we need to all understand, this is my perspective, at least, or, you know, if someone wants to apply it to their life, I think we just need to discover ourselves more, you know, and we actually need to uncover ourselves more because society has put all of these norms on top of us, right? Whether it's men or women, either or, you know, we want to fit in. It's primal. We want to be a part of a community. It's primal. So what do we do? We shape ourselves to what community has a standard of. And I think the more and more you can unmask yourself, right. the more and more you can really get an understanding of who you are, the closer you get to that, you know? Yeah, it's fantastic. 
Um, last question, and this is uh, this one I try to get to every time I have a conversation. But based on your personal experience, your personal life experience, which is is deep and um, you know full, which is awesome, and then the experience of those that you've talked to, many people that you've interviewed, and you know learning from them. If you were to sit across the table from someone who is just on the verge of giving up or, you know, you're in New York City, so you sit down on a park bench next to somebody and you look and you know there's something wrong. What's going on? I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It's a relationship. It's a business. It's, it's uh, whatever. It could be life. I mean, whatever. You have the opportunity to talk one-on-one -on -one to someone who's on the verge of giving up. What would you tell them? How, how do you encourage them to push beyond whatever friction they're experiencing right now to the next thing? Jeremy, that's a great question, man. Um, I have a million and one things running through my head, but I'm actually going to piggyback a quote or steal a quote uh, from a gentleman I look up to. His name is John Gordon. Uh, I had him on my show twice. I, I read numerous books of his and he said something to me that would always that always stands out. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. You, it's, a, it's an equation and the equation is E plus P equals O. That stands for events plus perspective equals the outcome. Now, the only thing that we can control in that equation is our perspective. We cannot control every single event that takes place in our life. Um, it's the truth, man. Listen, uh, whether it's a breakup, you can't have full control over that. You cannot control anyone but yourself, right? Uh, in business, you cannot control all of your customers, your clients, et cetera. There's so many factors that go into life. The only thing you can really control is yourself. And in that equation, the only thing you have power over is your perspective. So if I was mm -hmm. to you know, sit down with someone, if I was even to sit down with myself battling adversity, that, that's exactly what I would tell myself. In the moment, of course, it's going to be hard to believe because I think there is always a necessity to have either periods of grievance in our lives sure, or sure, sure. Um, you know, just downtime sitting on the couch watching a ball game eating freaking Ben and Jerry's, right? Like, whatever it is. Um, but ultimately, I think it's really important to understand what the event is trying to teach you, you know, yeah. and being able to extract that. And you might not accept it right away. Right. Um, I, I keep talking about it. In my past relationship, I was getting abused, not physically, but emotionally and mentally, for sure, verbally, for sure. And I was letting that happen. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to accept it. But now, when I realize it, when I look back, the event took place, couldn't change it, but my perspective has now shifted and I now know how I deserve to be loved. I now know how I deserve to treat myself and who should treat me a certain way, right? Like that, that's what it comes down to. So to sum that up, events plus perspective equals the outcome. Yeah, that's awesome. The power perspective, man, it is so, so powerful. That's awesome. Matt, uh, hopefully we get to do this again. I'd love to have you back on. And uh, maybe we'll cross paths. Maybe I'll make it to New York City someday and uh, we can <laughs> hang out. Um, but uh, appreciate it, Matt Labrie. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the opportunity, Jeremy. Thank you again. You ask great questions and uh, looking forward to seeing what else you come out with. Awesome. There you have it. Episode number 205. Now, as mentioned earlier, I said that I was going to ask of something. I'm actually going to do something different here yet again. This whole episode was something that's pretty much new to our show, but I'm also going to do something different here. If you share this episode and you send it in, or if you tag us, whether you share it on social, whether you share it in your group chats, wherever you share it, if you send it in and show us that you shared it, 
some way, shape, or form, we're going to send you a gift card. We're going to send you a coffee. We're going to give you the incentive to do this because that's how much we care about amplifying the good word and giving you the opportunity to be a beacon of light. So again, if you share it, whether it's on social and you tag us, whether you share it in a text message, in an email, and you show us some way, shape, or form, whether you send it into the channel's Instagram or my personal Instagram, or however you decide to show us that you shared this episode, you can expect us to send you a gift card, you can expect us to buy you a coffee, something that will give you the incentive to say, hey, they're also investing in me as I invest in other people by sharing this. We would absolutely love to have your support in that way. And I want to give a huge shout out to Jeremy. He allowed us to repurpose this episode after he published it. And this has been on the radio as well. Really grateful for the opportunity, Jeremy. Shout out to you, man. Really, really appreciate the fact that you're allowing us to continue to make an impact by amplifying all of your amazing questions and the responses that came to mind. So shout out to you, Jeremy. Lastly... As always, you know where to find us. We're on YouTube. I hope you're checking that out. We're putting all the videos out there, even some other cool content that we've been able to create. So make sure you check us out on YouTube. And until next time, everyone, see you for episode 206. Peace.